Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to a special edition of Smart Talk. Talking Smart. You know. Yeah, so we're on uh, iTunes under Talking Smart. Benel Dramosa, my regular co-host, is not here. I'm going on vacation for a week, bitches. So I'm recording this special episode uh, all by my lonesome. I haven't done a podcast by myself in a little while. It feels weird. Um, and the thing is, I don't really have anything much to talk about since our last episode because I'm recording this on Friday. Money in the bank still hasn't happened. Um, so, I mean, I guess I could talk more about Dominion. Um, you know, by the time people listen to this, I feel like it's going to be old news, maybe. But, I mean, everyone's going to be talking about Money in the Bank, I guess. But, uh... Well, fuck it, let's talk about it. Um, obviously, um, if you if you listened to the show before, you know, uh, Omega vs. Okada at the Dome uh, was my favorite match of all time, eclipsing my former choice, which was HBK versus uh, The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25, the first one with JR in commentary. And, um, yeah, so this uh, Dominion having Omega and Okada 2... The greatest hour-long match I'd ever seen. Seems to only take a swig of coconut water. And, um, that's right. I'm, that's how I get ready for vacation. I, I drink coconut water. Because I'm fancy. And, um... Yeah, so this, this, this hour-long draw was, I mean, in hindsight, terrific booking. Um... <coughs> and I just saw that Meltzer uh, gave this match... Six and a quarter stars, because I guess he doesn't—he doesn't like being in trouble enough. I guess he just—he just loves people being mad at him. Is that why he did that? Um, I remember, I heard him say he thought this was better than the dome match, and I think it's definitely arguable. I mean, I actually—I also gave the dome match six stars, and I guess I would probably give this match like five and a half stars, because it was fucking awesome. And I think it was it, pro- it will go down as my second favorite match of all time. Um, so now that pushes HBK and Undertaker to number three on my list. And then my two favorite matches of all time are from the same two people. In the same year. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> and if, look, it's, it's crazy because Kazuchi Kokata is clearly the wrestler of the year right now, right? Clearly. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, but, it's like, if he didn't exist, it's like Kenny Omega's having a better year than pretty much anyone in history. You know, like, a better half year than, I mean, look, listen, how many wrestlers have had two six-star matches and then two near five-star matches, the, the two matches with Ishii, right? I mean, it's only, those are his big, his four big singles matches. Right, probably his only singles matches in New Japan this year, I think. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I gave that second Ishii match five stars. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, just going by Meltzer's numbers, Kenny Omega would be, uh, I, I, he'd be, he'd be a wrestler of the year, except there's a Kazuchika Okada who, um, who also had a five star match with Shibata, uh, near five star match with Suzuki and Tiger Mask W. And has just been, I mean, he's just been phenomenal in drawing, huge, and, uh, yeah, it's been, he's had a, a hell of a year, 
And honestly, I'm somebody who thinks that, um, in years past, Okada's almost been, I mean, underrated, not by New Japan, but by, like, the people, the, the awards voters and such, who kind of, you know, I mean, when Naito got really hot, his gimmick was really cool, so, and, like, Omega was kind of seen as, like, the breakout in-ring guy last year, um, and when Styles was there, everybody kind of voted for Styles. People voted for Styles even last year because of his great WWE run. He won Wrestler of the Year. So, Okada's kind of just been, he's always been in like a top five or top three. You know, Tanahashi, like, years back, Tanahashi would win the award, right? So, um, but I feel like this man, Kazuchika Okada, <clears throat> he's not even 30 years old. He turns 29, or he's 29 now. He turns 30 in November. And so he's gonna, he's gonna go through the whole G1. And King of Pro Wrestling, which is in October. That's all gonna happen before he's 30. And I mean, just, it's, it's amazing, cause... I, this, I think when it's all said and done, Kazushi Okada will be regarded as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. In the same breath as the Misawas, Kabashis, Kawadas. Um, yeah, I think he's gonna, uh, the flares, the Michaels, um, yeah, I think he's gonna be regarded in that way. And I don't think, it's a stretch because even a lot of those guys, they, they didn't accomplish what Okada accomplished by the time they were, you know, by the time they were 30, which Okada's still not yet. Um, and so I just made a little list here. Uh, so since Okada came back to New Japan in 2012, what I just watched for the first time, I found on, I found it online, was the, um, and if you have New Japan World, you can probably find it, uh, which, uh, I, I, which I, I sometimes have New Japan World, I can't always afford to have it, but, um, I just watched, um, the, uh, Okada versus Yoshihashi match from the... That's when he comes, that's his first match back. That's on the Tokyo Dome in 2012, which if I do the math, that's Wrestle Kingdom 6, when he comes back. And, um, then this is, this is his first match back against Nobuo Yoshihashi. He ha he still has a, another name back then. And Okada comes out, and you can, it's like the skeleton of the gimmick he has. You know what I mean? Like, you can see, you can see the skeleton of greatness there. But he's so, he's so cheesy, you know? He's like, he comes out with his fucking robe and the, his music is so awesome, but his hair all blonde and he's like doing all these poses, but like the audience isn't reacting to it. It's like, he felt like just like such a guy, you know? It's so funny to watch. And then he does, he has his master with Yoshihashi and you can see the, the sparks of brilliance. Like he still has the amazing dropkick. He throws a really great missile dropkick in the match. And then he does the first Rainmaker ever. And it's it's dog shit. It's like a complete shitty... It's not like the, the emphatic Rainmaker that you see today. Where he steps through that right leg and really gets that lariat through. He fucking shoots him off and does like a... He, fell, he falls down with the clothesline. It's like a clothesline where he also takes a backdrop. It's like a running neckbreaker type of clothesline almost. It's like, um, you know how, like, when Daniel Bryan would, would do his comeback sequence, he'd do the backflip off the corner, then he would duck the line, and then he would give, like, that running clothesline where he takes the backdrop? Imagine that, but, like, 
with 1% of the impact. That's what, like, this Rainmaker was. He, like, he he had the wrist clutch, he shot him off, and then he did, like, the Daniel Bryan-style clothesline, but without any impact at all. It was complete shit. Um... Mmm. Coconut water delicious. Um... Yeah, it's hard when you're doing all the talking yourself, man. I gotta keep hydrated. Uh... So, yeah, that was, um... And then, he goes from there, 2012, Wrestle Kingdom 6, the next month, he, he, he challenges Tanahashi, uh, at the Dome, for the, I mean, sorry, not, at New Beginning, he challenged for the title, and keep in mind, this is, Tanahashi is in the midst of the longest reign he's ever had, his, his signature reign, as you will, as the man in New Japan, this is like, um, you know, like, Cena's had, a, like, a couple of these. His first run was long, and he had another run in, like, 2007 where he, like, held the title for over a year or something. This was, this was, this is, I believe if I, look, if I look it up, it was, it's Tanahashi's longest reign. It's one of the longest reigns in New Japan history. And, um, yeah, he, uh, absolutely, uh, he, he was the man for a while. And, um... So he fucking Okada, this kid, who had this dog shit match, has this dog shit finisher, looks like a child, uh, trying to play in the big leagues, who came from TNA, where he failed, with this shitty stereotypical gimmick of being a ripoff of Kato, who was played by Bruce Lee, who's Chinese, but who gives a fuck about that, right? Because we're racist in America. And fucking, he goes from there, um, to going... To the Tokyo Dome, where he has this opening shit match with Yoshihashi. To challenging the man, Hiroshi Tanahashi. And he beat him! What the fuck? And it was... Now, it is the weakest Okada-Tanahashi match in their series. Meltzer gave it four and a quarter. I'd probably say it's, like, about four. But, like, compared to the Yoshihashi match, it's clearly better. And the Rainmaker actually looks like the Rainmaker. He wrestled... You know, he's, 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 not, he's not what he is now, but he's... You can see the... The, more of the forms over there. He has the Tombstone Pile Driver. He's, um, you know, the phenomenal dropkick. And, uh, he's doing, like, his moves. You can see it. He's not nearly as polished yet, but you can see the greatness there. Um, but it's like a four star little match. But it, it ended Tanahashi's historic reign just trying it on this kid who fucking hasn't proven anything. Proven nothing. So, and it worked. That's what's so crazy about it. He got over. He defended against Goto, uh, Naito, uh, I think those were his two, two successful defenses before he dropped it back to Tanahashi at Dominion of that year, in what was a match of the year caliber, I think it won the Tokyo Sports Illustrated match of the year, and at this point, you know, it was clear that, that Okada was the goods, because he had those, he's had, uh, the, the match with uh, Naito was especially amazing, which I'm going to talk about here in a second, because this list that I made is a list of the top 15 Kazuchika Okada matches, I mean, ever, but, like, you know, in New Japan since 2012 is really what I'm going for, as the Rainmaker, but, I mean, also ever, like, he didn't, it's not like he did anything in TNA that was, would have cracked the top 15, or, like, he did anything as a young boy in New Japan that would have, so, mm, let's bring a coconut water for the, as Steve also likes to say, Swig a beer for the work. What does he do? Swig a beer for the working man. 
I do a swig of coconut water for um people who are parched. That's what I do it for if you're parched out there. Um Now, these 15 matches. And the thing about these is I was going to do 10. But I need I but there were so many <laughs> If I was only doing the my top 10, I was leaving out people and matches that I really loved. That's the, that's what's crazy about this. This dude in 5 years Right? Because it's like, okay, it's five and a half. Um, but he's had some of the best matches uh, of the decade. I mean, arguably, the, the two the two best matches of the decade this year. Um, maybe two, two of the best matches of the century? I mean, who knows? Um, I know the other... I think the other Meltzer six-star match... The, the Misawa-Kawada match was in 94. And I've seen that match, and, like, you know, it's an awesome match, but, like, it doesn't register at that level to me. In fact, I prefer their 97 match, because they they did even more, you know? Because I'm not, but I'm not watching it, you know, I'm not following the story as it progresses. I'm a person going back and just watching the match for what it is. So, I tend to prefer the later matches of those guys anyway. Because it seemed like the, those they build on their previous matches, so they do even more, and they tell even more of an intricate story. But, um, and I guess that's how people feel maybe about this Omega Okada feud. Anyway, let's get to these 15 matches I have here. Because, I, I just want, this is my point I'm making. I think Kazuchika Okada is the greatest wrestler of this generation. Already. Already. I think he's the wrestler of the decade, already. Um... And I don't think it's close. Honestly, I mean, who's... We're talking about just this decade. I mean, Danielson's retired. Even if he comes back and goes to New Japan and has a great couple years there. You know? Um, and that's a huge if. Uh, you know, it's still... I mean, New Japan's been the dominant in-ring product. So, I mean, Tanahashi... But that's the thing, these matches with Omega, he's kind of eclipsed Tanahashi. Um, could also be big this year, um, big over this decade. I mean, like, Omega also, I guess, right? Omega would be his other competition. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I guess Styles, AJ Styles, and we'll see when it's all said and done. And you see, he was in TNA all the way to 2013. Where he was still being awesome, but nobody really cared or paid attention. So, uh, well, we'll see. Anyway, um, so, uh, I just think, and this is the thing, I'm, I'm, it's weird to gush over this dude because he's pushed as the top guy of the second biggest promotion in the world, New Japan. So it's not cool to like him. You know, like, it's cool to like Naito and fucking Omega, the Westerner, uh, like, it wasn't cool to like Tanahashi either. You know, it's not cool to like John Cena, um, or Roman Reigns. But Roman Reigns is a great wrestler. He's not Kazuchika Okada. He's a good wrestler, though. I would even say great. At this point, I would say, I would say great. This dude's, uh, he's having four-star matches with Braun Strowman. I think that's, uh, he's, that's a pretty great wrestler, in my opinion. Um, now, um, to the 15 matches. Um, number 15. I just talked about this match. Versus Tetsuya Naito, the 40th anniversary show, 2012, New Japan 40th anniversary. 
Now this, I mean, obviously this is very different than Tsuya Naito. This is Stardust Genius. I want to be Tanahashi to Tsuya Naito. Rising his way through the ranks. Right, he's, he's um pretty young here as well. He's in his 20s. Um, so, I mean, I think, I want to say, yeah, this was March. So this had to be Akata's first defense. I think it's before the Goto match, yeah. So this, so he has this... This match with he beats Tanahashi. No one could have seen that coming. Um, he, then he has this match with Naito. Meltzer gave this match four and three quarter stars, and um, I watch it. I'd probably go about four and a half. I thought it was. I, I thought it's all. I mean, it's it's an excellent match. They do this spot where like where Okada tombstones him on the floor early to like, get the heat, but like nobody really, you know, you don't really see that coming. And this is the thing nobody knew what to expect from Okada and Naito at this point. You know, these guys were unestablished. Main event. They weren't main eventers. I mean, Okada was now by default, but um, this is like a, you know, this is a very um, te like a, testing the waters match with these guys. So, the fact that it was such an excellent match and the crowd gets really into it, I mean, you knew that at the very least these guys were good workers. That they had a match this this excellent. Um, number fourteen. Uh, versus AJ Styles at Dominion 2015. Man, this dude just puts on awesome matches at Dominion, doesn't he? Uh, I don't, by the spoiler alert, the match with Tanahashi at Dominion that won the Tokyo Sports that year that Meltzer gave four and three quarters is not on my list. It's not on my list. Probably would be in the top 20, but I, I couldn't fit it in the top 15. So anyway, here, number 14, his match with AJ Styles at Dominion. This is when he got his revenge on Styles. And won back the IWGP title, finally beating him for the title when it, you know, when it really counted. Um, this was the match that had that insane finishing sequence that was a, uh, a gif. That, uh, it wasn't even, it was too long to be a gif, wasn't it? It was like, just like a short video that everyone shared around, I saw. Where they just countered each other after counter after counter. And then eventually, Okada hits him with the, the one short arm clothesline. He goes for another, but AJ ducks. Does a go behind, but then Okada gets to go behind. He's a German, then hits him with the full Rainmaker. Um, yeah, so this was just an excellent match. Uh, and then um, I think I, I guess I guess Meltzer gave it four and three quarters. I'd probably go four and a half. I'm all, star ratings are just guidelines. It isn't. I'm, these matches are all top of the line. Um, number thirteen. Oh, I love versus Nakamura in the G1 2016. So this is actually not the that's the this is not the match I had in the finals. This is no, I'm sorry. This is not 2016. 2015. Nakamura was already in uh, WWE last year, right? Yeah. Uh, it's so weird to think about. So the 2015 G1, in basically what was the dis, the 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 match to decide the block. This was on the same show as the legendary Tanahashi Styles match. Or was it the same show? No, no, it was. No, no, it was it headlined the next day, like the A Block headlining match was Tanahashi and Styles, which like a lot of people gave five stars and like people really regard. I am in the minority that I like this match more, Nakamura and um, and Okada, which I think followed it, um, because they, uh, I mean, it's the two top guys of chaos, and it the the finish was not expected with Nakamura submitting. Okada with an armbar to place his way into the finals where he would eventually lose to Tanahashi in a, in a, in a classic as well. 
And honestly, if you like, if you just watch, and this is when they had styles, right? Those had a bushi back then. But like, if you just watch the the two play-in matches, which are Tanahashi and Styles, Okada and Nakamura, and then Tanahashi and Nakamura, you just watch those three matches in a row, and you're like, God damn, New Japan really, they just had all the best shit back then. And they don't have Styles and Nakamura anymore, and that they're doing the best business they've ever done. It's pretty insane. But this match, to me, was clearly planting the seeds for an Okada-Nakamura match at, at the Dome for the title. Obviously not that year, but I think the year after, probably. Because um, a lot of people had Nakamura winning the G1 that year, because he didn't have the IC title with him. So, and then Tanahashi won, and we realized that they were telling the story of Okada finally beating Tanahashi at the Dome. And then, um, you know, history's history, Nakamura left, and Kenny Omega stepped in, so... It wasn't so bad after all. Um, number 12 on my list is uh, Okada versus Hiroki Goto from New Beginning 2014. This is a sleeper. I, I bet most people, when they think about Okada's best matches, they don't think about this one right away. This match is awesome. One of Goto's best. I mean, Goto and Okada had a, have a slew of great matches, honestly. They had... Uh, when Okada had a defense against him in his first title run... Uh, in 2012, that was great, and then there was also, um, they had a couple, they, I think they had two G1 main events that were both excellent, and, yeah, I mean, these guys, it's just a lot of fun to watch them fight, now they're in the same stables, they haven't fought in a little while, but, um, this match was, uh, this was an excellent match, and uh, this is, this is also, I mean, the thing about Okada, it's so amazing, his closing stretches are out of this world. And this match had an amazing closing stretch, I remember. Which, you know, like, um, similar to the the Styles Watch of Dominion, um, which has, like, the legendary closing stretch, with all those counters. This one had a, I think, a closing stretch that was equally good, even though it wasn't as gifable, you know. Um, number 11, I, uh, Okada versus Naomichi Marafuji, King of Pro Wrestling, 2016. This was oh, this was awesome. This match was so ah uh, the I remember Manfredi going for the slice bread and Okada pushing him off, but keeping control of the wrist and hitting a rainmaker. Um, man, it just uh, just excellent wrestling in this match. Uh, it's and coming off that excellent match they had on day one of the G1, uh, they really built on that. And it really shows how good Manfredi, even in his older ages, you know. Uh, number 10, uh, Okada versus Tanahashi, that, that's, here we go, first mention of Tanahashi, at the G1, 2016, this is basically to decide the block, uh, for last year, except it was the draw, it was a 30 minute draw, which was also an, an amazing fucking bananas go home sequence, uh, I mean, it was building on their prior thing, their prior finish from Wrestle Kingdom when Okada finally defeated him at Wrestle Kingdom and became the ace. But this time Tanahashi reversed it and uh, hit a, a high fly flow in the closing stretch. But Okada did kick out. Okada kicked out right before the bell. And we don't know how that's going to end. These two will wrestle again. And Okada will have to win again. But not for a little while. 
because uh, Okada's the man. Either way you look at it. Mm. Ah. This is usually when Benel would jump in and talk about how awesome Tanahashi is, I guess. <laughs> um, it's funny when talking, listen to him talk about the Naito Tanahashi matches because um, I, 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 he, I, I, he loves Naito. I know this. I know, but whenever he talks about the matches, I feel like he loves Tanahashi even more. It's uh, it's it's surprising to me. Um, so my number nine match is Okada versus Nakamura in the G1 Finals 2014, which uh, this match maybe has my favorite finish of all time, which is the first time Okada ever did the thing where he kept hold of the wrist. Where this had the finish where Okada gives Nakamura a backslide, holds onto the wrist, and gives him the three Rainmakers, his super finish, if you will. The, uh, and it was so savage. It was so savage. I lost my shit the first time I saw this. And now, you know, him doing this has become like a... He's really built on this idea about of keeping hold of the wrist and all that stuff. But uh, this is the first time he did his multiple Rainmaker spot in the finish. Um, and it was... Uh, and besides, besides that, it was an absolutely unbelievable match up until that point. Uh, definitely... Um, yeah, definitely a excellent match, and this comes before, and that's the year before uh, Nakamura beats him. So this, so Okada wins here, but Nakamura won at the next year's G1. So I, to me, they were clearly set up a Nakamura Okada feud that would culminate at the Dome for like rulership of chaos or whatever. And uh, but alas, you know, maybe we'll still get, it. maybe Nakamura will come back and we'll still get it. Who knows? Number eight. Versus Hiroshi Tanihashi at Wrestle Kingdom 9. Meltzer didn't give this match five stars, and I, you know what? I, I don't know why. This match this is a fucking, this is a perfect wrestling match. This is the one where Tanahashi wins again. He beat him Wrestle Kingdom 7, the first their first Wrestle Kingdom match. Which is another excellent match that's not on my list. Uh, but it's an excellent match. Um, and uh, this one is better. This Wrestle Kingdom 9 match is better. And this was following... The legendary Nakamura Bushi match that got five stars. And I know... I don't think this match was better than Nakamura and Ibushi. But to me, it was as good. It was a different type of match. It went longer. It was more It was more of a King's Road style than... Like, the super strong style that... That Ibushi and Nakamura was. But this was... Still... I mean, it was... To me, a perfect... Story told. And a perfect match. Um... I mean, yeah. It was just... These two... Okada Tanahashi... You know, before Okada Omega, there was Okada Tanahashi, and um, obviously there's been other <laughs> feuds in history that have rivaled this. Um, Manami Toyota and uh, Kyoko Inoue. Is that does, does anyone give Manami? Ah, I want to do a podcast about Manami Toyota someday about how she's literally probably one of the, the three or five best wrestlers in history, but people don't talk about her because she's a lady. Um, and who needs to talk about women's wrestling, right? It's so, like, what do they ever do besides invent all the moves that you see every fucking indie show <laughs> in the past decade? Anyway, that's a whole other thing, which I'll get into uh, another time. But, um, yeah, this match with Tanahashi, uh, Tanahashi wins, Kazuchika Okada goes off and cries, Tanahashi mocks him and says, you're not ready to be the ace yet, kid, and we all know that that would change a year later, but... At this moment, it was... I couldn't believe that Okada lost his match at the time. 
But, um, you know, it made sense for what they ended up doing. Now, number seven is versus Katsuri Shibata at Sakura Genesis 2017. Uh, hopefully, you know, Shibata is, uh, comes back to wrestle. I don't know if he will. I don't know if his injury is at work. I'm not trying to be insensitive by even suggesting that it might be. It doesn't mean that you should be shoot headbutting people. Uh, but maybe he's not shoot headbutting them. Maybe that's the work. I don't know. I hope so. Uh, work safe, people. Work smart. Um, but either way, this match was fucking bananas. As this, uh, Shibata was the first man to withstand the Rainmaker, as I wrote about in my Match of the Month column, which you can find at VoicesWrestling.com. Uh, he, um, not the first man, he didn't kick out of a Rainmaker, but he did withstand one. He just, like, he, he absorbed it strong style. And fucking said, come on, is that the best you got, Okada? And, uh, he kicked the fuck out of him. And I really thought Shibata might win this match. Um, you know, in hindsight, they had to get to Okada and Omega too somehow. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this, um, this match was incredible. Would be the match of the year most years if there wasn't a man named Kenny Omega running around. Um... Now, number six, uh, Okada versus Tomohiro Ishii in the G1 2016. I was always waiting for these guys to f have a match because it's like, Tomohiro Ishii, by the way, is my favorite New Japan wrestler. Uh, except for maybe Kushida. Day-to-day, it, uh, -day it varies. Kushida and Tomohiro Ishii, those are... Because Ichigo's Okada, as much as I gush about him and how great and how he's the best ever, he's not my favorite New Japan wrestler. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii is. And I do feel like Tomohiro Ishii is so good that if he were pushed as a main event level wrestler, that he could have a year as good as Okada's having if he was working all these main events. Because he's that good in the ring. He's, his selling is excellent. And you know what's crazy? I mean, he's... The fact that he's shaped the way he is, you know, means that he has to be really good. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's a brick shithouse. Um, he's shaped like me, honestly. That's what, that's what it really is. He's, a, he's as wide as he is tall. And, uh, yet he still is one of the best wrestlers in the world, but also, like, like, also this decade. If I was gonna actually put, now that I think about it, if I was gonna put other people up against Okada, Tomohiro Ishii would have to be up there. Um, just for, whenever you put him in a big-time match, he delivers. And delivers at a high, high quality. And this, this G1 match here. Because they had other matches before, they were, they were in the G1 usually. Because they're stablemates, they usually wouldn't fight each other. And they were not, you know, they weren't super great. But this main event here, this was, this is, this was everything I wanted from Nokata Ishii Mass. This was absolutely excellent. Um, now, number five. And this, by the way, um, I, since number seven, number seven to number one, all of these matches, I'm just going to say, number seven was Shibata, number six, this is number six with Ishii. These top seven were all given five stars or higher by Dave Meltzer. And for me, number eight and on were all given five stars or higher by me. Um, number five, uh, Kata versus Tanahashi at King of Pro Wrestling 2013. This was the, um, the rematch after Kata won it in, from, invasion, in, from an, an invasion attack. And it has uh, another amazing go-home sequence. Just 
Just, uh, just an amazing classic match. Uh, and number four is versus Tanahashi and Invasion Attack. So these two are kind of linked because it's like this is to me. Um, I used to like the the King of Pro Wrestling match more than Invasion Attack because it had to me it had a cooler go home sequence. Um, but now the the fact that Okada won the title in Invasion Attack, I kind of have warmed up to it more, and I think it's kind of cooler and more historic. Um, cause like he had to, him beating Tanahashi the first time, you know, could have just been a fluke, but then for him to win it back in Invasion Attack was kind of a big deal. And before this run that he's been on, that the run that he had from after Invasion Attack was his signature title run, cause he held it for. I think a little over a year before he dropped it to Styles, and he and he ran through like a lot of the old guard and Makabe and Kojima, and eventually beating Tanahashi again, and then Tanahashi didn't challenge for the title for a year after that. So yeah, so this um number five we got King of Pro Wrestling, number four we got Invasion Attack, both Tanahashi five stars, and also these are the matches that got me into New Japan Pro Wrestling, and honestly Japanese Pro Wrestling in general because. You know, the people who are, like, real big puro purists who aren't into New Japan right now, for whatever reason, they, they, don't, they don't like Okada, they don't like Gato, whatever. They wish Naito was pushed more, whatever they they want. Uh, you know, uh, the success of New Japan, while not in the West, you know, it's like... If, there, if New Japan hadn't reached me, I would not have reached Japan in, in the pro wrestling world. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... Like, the fact that look, my pro wrestling fandom, you know, uh, st started with WWE, as, it, as we all do, uh, when I was, like, 10, because SmackDown was a show that was not on cable, and I didn't have cable, so I could watch it. Uh, I was a teenager, the internet was around, heard about this little... Sh this other promotion called TNA, where guys were flying around and shit, so I started watching that. Thought AJ Styles was really cool, and... Be thought he was the best in the world for a while, but nobody listened to me back then, uh, people called him a spot monkey, eh, whatever, um, so then I got into Ring of Honor because of two guys named Davey, Davey, uh, Richards and Eddie Edwards, and I know how people, their reputations have, uh, well, mostly David Richards' reputation has, uh, followed him around in a not-so-great light, although people shit on Eddie, too, like, they shit on them together, for being, um, for doing too much and being, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, <laughs> I forgot the word, but it's, you, you the synonym for doing too much, just, just like, um, uh, hold on, I'm gonna pause this while I think of the word. Excessive, that's the word I was thinking of. They were excessive, they're excessive workers, people say. Um, you know, I, but they, uh, they dragged me into Ring of Honor, you know, for whatever that is, uh, whatever that's worth. And Okada and Tanahashi, the the five-star hype of their matches, they dragged me into New Japan. And that's, you know, but from New Japan, that's how I got into All Japan and Dragon Gate and Noah, as much as I am into them, which is, you know, kind of as a casual fan, because it's hard to follow everything, uh, but I do my best. Uh, so, especially because I run the Match of the Month column, I have to at least watch all the elite wrestling in the world. Um, but yeah, so th th in this way, these these two matches, Invasion Attack, is, I guess, especially, but King of Pro Wrestling, too, because, you know, one five-star match is one thing, but guys doing it again, 
you know, that's that's a whole other thing. And in between these two matches, they had a another. They had the, the half-hour G1 draw as well. The first one they had, which also did not make my list. That's a, that's how amazing this feud has been. These guys had one, two. Well, the the two matches I they had the Wrestle Kingdom match, and the other the draw and the Dominion match. That's right, three excellent matches that didn't even make my top fifteen Okada matches list. What the fuck? <laughs> that's incredible. And and they have uh, four matches that are on it, right? Yep. The the G one, the 2016 draw, the Wrestle Kingdom nine. And these two... Oh, no, but then they have five matches because number three is Okada versus Tanahashi, Wrestle Kingdom 10. Uh, this is not only my third favorite Okada match, but will go down as one of my favorite matches of all time. Uh, this is the culmination of the feud. This is Okada cementing himself as the ace of New Japan after... I mean, at this point, it was four years since he first... Arrived and then he beat Tanahashi in a, in a month, but then he lost and then he lost again. Then he won and then he drew and then he won and then he lost and then he won again here. Um, finally defeating Tanahashi when it counted at Wrestle Kingdom with the title on the line. The only way this could have been better is if he was if he entered as the challenger. And defeated Tanahashi. Which I wonder if they're going to do that story. I wonder if they're going to put the title on Tanahashi again. Just to have Okada beat him as a challenger for it. Because the only time he's ever done that is that invasion attack. Which is one of the reasons I think people hold that. Oh no, he went the first time also. New beginning. I forget. But that's kind of like where the story started. So. There is something about a guy beating a, like challenging for the title. And winning it from them. You know what I mean? There's something to be said for that. As more of a moment than just defending it successfully, you know? But I guess it's, you know, it is what it is. Um, doesn't make the match any less awesome. They slow each other's finishers, like Rock and Austin. Fucking. <laughs> Okada's Frog Splash was really good. Tanahashi's Rainmaker was on point. It was just uh, an all-time incredible match. And it's number three! It's one of my all-time favorite matches, and it's number three just for Okada matches. Number two, the Dominion match, the one-hour draw, and number one, the Tokyo Dome match, uh, the Wrestle Kingdom 11 match, both with uh, Kenny Omega. Those are my top 15 matches with Kazuchika Okada. And as, I mean, if I just look, he has my number one and two, and where would um maybe five, like one, two, and f five are like my favorite matches of all time. Maybe? <laughs> it's like... Yeah, I mean... Ah, it's... Absolutely, um... It's bananas. It's absolutely bananas. Uh... What this man's accomplished. And so, I mean... Uh, when it's all, we're, we're in the... We're in greatness right now. It's basically... And I just want people, if you're... If you're listening to this... And maybe you're... Uh, if you wanted me to talk about something else... I apologize, but this this is my podcast about Kazuchika Okada, basically, um, and how I just think you gotta you gotta accept the greatness while it's in front of you. And this guy, this is it. This he's he's you know 
he's Babe Ruth, this guy. He's, uh, he's Jordan in his prime. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's all the things. So, yeah, this is, uh, I mean, we don't have to go much longer. This is only, this is my solo project. I gotta take out the flight in the morning. So, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna stop this here. Um, the only thing I wanted to add, I mean, well, Dominion being a legendary show, I guess, where do we go from here? I don't know. You know, the Long Beach shows are coming up, also, I guess I could talk about those. I don't, <laughs> this Tanahashi-Billy Gun match, it's complete bullshit, I agree with everybody, it's... Billy Gunn should not be the guy. What the fuck? It's stupid. Okada versus Cody. That could be really good. Yeah, that could be... I think it'll be the best match of Cody's career. Probably. Uh, I don't think Okada's gonna be dicking around on Access TV. I don't think, think he's gonna want to make an impression. So, I don't, th don't think he's not gonna... I don't think he's gonna phone it in for this one. Um, I think it'll be really good. I think... Yeah, Billy Gunn wrestling Tanahashi, this uh, really brings the card down. But this U.S. title tournament looks fucking dope. Um, I think, you know what? Um, I'm going to speculate right now that the finals will be um, Kenny Omega uh, versus uh, Zack Sabre Jr. And... That's a weird pick. Is that even possible? Let me check the brackets here. Okay, I just checked the brackets. That is possible. It would mean that Zack Sabre Jr. has to beat either... I mean, could, I guess Ishii could beat Naito in the first round. That's probably more likely. That Ishii beats Naito in the first round. And then Sabre beats Ishii. Because <laughs> Sabre can beat Juice. And Juice can beat Saber. I mean, that's one of those things. Um, the Elgin Omega, I don't see Lethal or Page going to the finals. So it's either Elgin or Omega going to the finals. I think Omega's winning this whole thing. Because, like... If Omega wins this US title, I mean, that, Naito's definitely winning G1. That kind of tips it, right? But also, uh... I don't know. Maybe, I don't, maybe they don't want Omega or Naito to have this belt. Maybe it's going to be, like, Elgin and Ishii in the final. That'd be kind of interesting. Um, I mean, you know, you guys I know how much I love Tomori Ishii. I don't see him winning this title, though. I guess, who do I think could win this title? I think Elgin, Omega, and Knight. I don't think Naito's going to win it, though. Like, I have to admit that he could win it. I kind of think it's either Elgin or Omega. <laughs> I think it's one of them. I don't think Juice or Sabre are at the level to hold it. They could do the gimmick with Sabre having all the belts. Because well, he kind of is like the US champion already, isn't he? Running fucking Evolve and PWG and um... I guess those are the only two right now. Oh, well he has the, he has the, he has the, the run for title. Well, I, but anyway, I think Sabre... I think it'd be cool to just have like Sabre go to the finals. Sabre and Omega, I think that's just an interesting cool match. I think that's just, yeah, I don't know. Um, I will see. Uh, watch Elgin, watch Naito and fucking Omega lose in the first round. Um, that's possible. 
They'll usually get their wins back in the G1. But look, I think Omega's gonna take this US title. Because, I mean, why not? He, he, if you, if the idea is you're building around him with this Western expansion. Isn't that what that means? That he's the champion of whatever this is gonna be? I don't know. Especially if he's a babyface now, which he's like, kind of a babyface? Um. Yeah, I mean. I could see Naito winning it also just because he's been complaining that there's too many titles and you can have another title just fuck around with and throw around and disrespect. And I would get heat, I guess. Him throwing around a US title and treating it like dog shit. So the type of heat Japan wants. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Well, anyway, guys, this has been um fun. I should get to bed soon, but um, this is uh Lawson Leog signing off, talking, talking smart. Um, we didn't talk any progress today, huh? I mean, we're in the th we're in the <laughs> aftermath of Super Strong Style. I don't even know if there's another show coming up anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna be away for a week, so I'm, probably, I'm not even gonna watch any rest. I'm gonna miss Money in the Bank, and I think Ring of Honor has a show, but I'll be back, I'll catch up with all of it, and whatever the fuck, and, um, be in time for the Long Beach shows, get, get my dick hard for that, so, uh, I'll catch you guys on the flip side.